BYU. Clap for the touchdown! Johnny Harleen got it for the score! Utah. Here's Mitch Payne. And it's blocked! It's blocked! This is Unsportsmanlike Conduct. The podcast with Dustin Ivers and Ty Gowdy. Yeah, I'm stoked that we had uh, 13, uh, 13 plays on our last episode. It's pretty cool. Um, I know my sister-in-law was, is one of those. There you go. <laughs> hey, we'll take every listener we can get, whether it's my mom or it's somebody random. I'm stoked regardless. Yeah. I didn't even tell her, so I don't know how she found it. See? There you go. Word's we're, getting out. Yeah, we're getting out. Like, people people are finding out about Unsportsmanlike Conduct podcast, dang it. Maybe she'll tell that five-star cornerback recruit. Maybe she will. Isn't that random? Yes. Um, Doesn't know him. Yes. Never talked to him. So I actually looked into that a little bit. And uh, the guy, so there were four recruits that came to the ISU game last week. And you probably saw the picture. Yes. Um, he was with three of his buddies and they're all, you know, being recruited for by various schools. But the one guy that came with them he has ties to BYU. And I'm going to do my research and see what those ties are. I should know that, but I don't. So random for sure. But I'm super stoked about it, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> That was, you know what, that was the, so I'm at that game. So it was, it was on a Friday night, so Saturday's wide open. Mm-hmm. And I was invited, you know, it's going to be in the high 60s. I was like, I can't turn that down, you know. Middle of the afternoon, one thirty kickoff. So mm-hmm. I went, I, I'm i not kidding though, I did fall asleep in between the first and second quarter. <laughs> Makes sense. I mean, the game was already over, so... <laughs> And I'll tell you what, though, I got two different meals at the game because the first one was terrible. So I went somewhere else. So awful as well. I'm never eating at Lavelle Edwards anymore. <laughs> what would you get? 20 bucks. Well, I went to this uh, Hawaiian restaurant. Now, I know there's multiple ones there, and I can't Aloha remember. Plate? No, it wasn't that one. It was the other one. Oh, I don't know. And it was burnt and just t- dry. No flavors. Absolutely terrible. So. I was like, well, I'll go to the old reliable. I'll go get cheese, you know, a pretzel, dip it in cheese. Completely stale. <laughs> tough to break. I was like, oh, my gosh, what's wrong with this place? And so I'm not eating there anymore. But when I was walking around the stadium, I was like, wow, there's so much room to walk in these tunnels. <laughs> this is awesome. Yeah. I will hey, say that. Hey, let me tell you, dude. You should know by now that the church school balls on a budget, right? Mm-hmm. Um, definitely not known for the food, but hey, there are some uh, third-party party vendors that have come in that have uh, created a better experience for sure. I can tell you it's way better than it was when I was a kid. Should have went to Cafe, that. or sorry, uh, Costa Vida. Hey, great choice. The line was just so long. Yeah, it'll put a hole in your wallet, but hey, it's Costa Vida. It's always good, right? Yeah. Um, they have these nachos too. They have these giant nachos. Like they put in like a plastic football. It's huge portions. Um, I'm not sure where they sell them, but I know actually no, they do. They sell it at like the you know like the standard like concession stands. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Oh, like where you get the pretzels. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> they're like twenty bucks, bro, but they look fire. So I might have to try that out. But you and I both know. All you got to do is go pick up a cougar tail and you're chilling, dude. Oh, man. You, you should have seen this family in front of us. It was a dad <laughs> with like three kids. The uh-huh. kids all had their own cougar tails. And, and I'm talking young, like no more than 10. Okay. They all had their cougar tails. And then like the next quarter, they have like this giant, like, like those, um, gosh, what are those called? Not like those like, gummies yep. and they have like that white filling in the middle do you know what i'm talking about yeah i do actually they are something rope yeah and then like the quarter after that they then have hot dogs i was like <laughs> my gosh <laughs> how much are these kids gonna eat they had to have spent like a hundred dollars on food there yep yep dude 
you should know this by now. At BYU, on a Saturday afternoon, 1.30 p.m. kickoff against, you know, some sort of lower FBS or FCS school, um, you're going to bring out, you know, the scout groups. You're going to bring out the the young men's quorum. You're going to bring out the dad and all of his kids because the tickets were free. They're given to them by their bishop. And, uh, yeah, they're going to go drop 150 bucks on concessions because the tickets are free, dude. That's funny. So That's funny. But if you come on pretty much any other game, but a game that actually matters and it kickoffs at 815, like the normal ESPN kickoffs, then yeah, that's you're going to get a very, very, very different atmosphere. At that that's very true. So I got to tell you, though, fun fact about that game I was at okay. is there are season tickets that I was sitting in there. I could it, row 20. They okay. were the last time that those tickets will be used in the family. They are now gone forever. What? So they're um, donor tickets. Wait, what are they called? Cougar Club? Um, founder tickets. Have you oh. heard of those? Uh-uh. So founder tickets, like, the people that originally donated to BYU Lavelle Edwards Stadium, they got these tickets and they can only go down two generations, and then after that, they're gone. What? And so the last generation that had it was my wife's grandma, and she just passed away. So now the tickets are gone out of the family because she was the last generation that could possess them before they go back into circulation. Wow. So fun fact, really those, tickets are, those tickets are gone forever, which is really, really a shame because they, they were great. I liked I like sitting down, down there at the 50. I always was like, yeah, you know, 50 is okay. But being there and being that close, I would like to be up just a little bit higher than row yeah. 20. Yeah. But um, no, great tickets, great seats. Thanks. Yeah, that's sad. I didn't know they did that. I, uh, I'll have to keep that in mind because my grandpa's had his tickets for like 30 years. So that makes me nervous. But Well, yeah, so he would have it. And then, so let me think about this. If he's the original owner of them, then I guess it would be after you they would be gone. So I think your parents can inherit them, and then I think you can inherit them. But after you, I think the... the... Well, uh, I'm going to have to... So I guess it doesn't affect you. It doesn't affect you is what I'm saying. Yeah, but I'm going to have to get my own tickets for my kids, man. That's not good. I know. I I would love to buy... Where we sit at Rice Eccles... Yeah. There's six seats to the right of us on uh-huh. you. Okay. But anyway, these six seats are never used. And I'm assuming that they're available. Uh-huh. And we're like, should we buy two more? You know? <laughs> How much are season tickets? For the U? Yeah. From where we're sitting, we for a pair of tickets, it was $890 for the season. For both of you, total, total, eight ninety total. Yeah, it's like the same price as BYU. That's funny. Um, and so I was like, okay, well, do we really want to double? You know. Yeah. And the answer is yes, but uh, <laughs> the answer is absolutely. Will I though? That's that's the question. Yeah. No, I'm with you, dude. Uh, we were so my buddy and I went to the jazz game a couple of days ago and I was talking with them and I'm like, you know what, in a perfect world, I would. And I mean, obviously I already have season tickets to BYU, but in a perfect world, I would have season tickets to BYU and the jazz, but then I'd be a broke boy. I wouldn't have any money. You know what I mean? Jazz mm-hmm. season tickets are like way insane. Expensive. Yeah. Insane. But how dope would that be? I know. I, Here's the thing that I would love about the Jazz season tickets, right? Because you get at least 41 games, assuming your team doesn't go to the playoffs, okay? Worst yeah. case scenario. Yeah. You're obviously not going to go to all 41 games. There's just no way in your schedule no. that it's just always like, oh, yep, I'm available. Like you um, live like right there and you're just this diehard Jazz fan. Just, yeah, and you, you yeah. don't go on vacation during the season. You don't have family outings, nothing. So anyway, one of the things I would always like about having season tickets is the opportunity to invite someone or give them tickets to be able to call someone and make 
would you like to take my tickets and just give them to like friends? You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that would just, oh, that'd be so cool. I always want to invite people to the Utes games with me. Yeah. But I'm like, I can't because then I can't go, <laughs> you know? Well, yeah. And, and, you know, to be fair with football, you get six. Mm, I know. Six games. That's so fast. I, I got one more game this year. Yeah, and I I'm not going. Done. I'm not going to Colorado. At freaking zero. Yeah, oh, I was gonna bring that up, dude. I'm going to the USC game at the Coliseum. I'm you excited. are. Yeah, I'm excited. It's uh, been on my bucket list of stadiums, so I gotta go. So my wife and I were talking about this, okay? Because we have so many Sky Miles, and we get so many vouchers every year for mm-hmm. spending a certain amount of money with the credit cards. Where it's like, here's a hundred dollars credit, you know? Yeah. And you just go all this money on with uh it's like why don't we pick a game each year a road game either byu or utah and go to it it's like all we'd have to do is one night in the hotel or two nights you know yeah it's like why don't we do that and we decided that we were gonna do that this year and i said all right we're going to the pac-12 championship game okay yeah because they have 98 percent chance of going i like oh i think that's safe i think it's safe to buy them so i texted my dad my brother and said you guys want to go we'll go because the game's on a Friday. I said, we'll leave Friday morning. We'll go to a game. So we don't even have to get a hotel after the game. We'll go stay at our aunt's house in St. George. Be so cheap. Okay. I found row 23. Take. I was like, oh, heck yeah. How um, much was it? 75 bucks. Row 23 behind the goal post. What the crap? Okay. Allegiant Stadium. Another thing. I was like, I want to go to Allegiant. Dustin you need to go. This thing up. Yeah. yeah. So we're pretty convinced we were going to do it. And then Christmas party. Gaudi Christmas party. No. Can't go. Can't go. No. I'm serious. We were going to go. We were set. My wife Tyler. said, yeah, let's, let's do it. My wife's like, I'll go too. And I was like, yes. Hold up. Dude, no. Yeah. Well, another problem, though, is that we didn't want to bring the baby because we don't want to drive to Vegas with a baby. And so her mom, who we would have watch her, is going to be down in Texas. So we don't have a babysitter either. And so we're like, well, between those two things, I think, I don't think we can make it work. So I was going to do it, but now I'm not. But you know what? Maybe a, a Rose Bowl. Okay. Yes. But I would only want to go if it's an earned Rose Bowl. Okay. Okay. And so that's something I want to talk about real quick. It's this bowl system that we got going here in okay. college football. All right. So we have a scenario where if Utah – Obviously, beats Oregon. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily this week, but in the one that really, really matters. Now, preferably, you win this week and then in three weeks, you know? Then you're in the Rose Bowl if you're Utah. Right. Another scenario that you're in the Rose Bowl, you lose this game. Heck, you lose to Colorado. You lose to Oregon a game again. Now, what's BYU doing? Well, BYU wins out. They beat USC at USC, and they end up in the Independence Bowl. How does this happen? <laughs> yeah. Um, it's funny. I uh, So a couple of accounts I follow on Twitter um, have posted uh, BYU to near six bowl scenarios because it's very much still in play. Yes, it now, is. Now the, pers- the the chance in comparison to Utah going much lower um, due to bowl tie-ins, right? And luckily that crap's going away, so that'll be nice. But um, yeah, downside of independence, but uh, one of many. Um, the uh, how was I going to say? Uh, yeah, th- th- so this is interesting. One scenario that I was looking at is, and it's funny, it's kind of like the reverse of kind of what you were saying at first is the best thing for BYU would be that Utah beats Oregon the first time because they fall out of the playoff, which I can't remember. There's a whole scenario behind it and this and that, and this guy beats this guy and blah, blah, blah. Right. And I just think it's super funny um, because – I mean, it doesn't all rely on Utah on what happens with them because that's just not true. But one scenario could potentially involve Utah, which I think is just hilarious. 
So there's always that chance. But I'll be honest with you, dude. I came into this season um, excited about the, the season, excited about the team and whatnot. But I wasn't, like, really thinking that we would even be playing for a New York Six Bowl this year. I, I actually is optimistic that this team could do some damage. But I'm just more excited about Big 12 play right now in the future and that bowl time with the sugar bowl and the sec, you know, which I'm really excited about that, mm-hmm. um, that it hasn't really bothered me that much. Obviously I'd love to see it happen. I'm not like, and I, I feel like it would definitely be one where it's like, Hey, they earned this. They came out and beat a lot of good teams this year. Like they were in the right place at the right time. It's happening, especially without the bowl tie in. I'm like, heck yeah. You know, but Anyway, it's funny. So tell me your dreams bowl scenario for BYU this year. Say say they got into a New Year's Six. Which bowl? I would assume it would be the Fiesta Bowl, right? Yeah. Uh, who would you like to see them play? That's a good question. Um, and don't say we want Bama. Oh, heck no. We don't want the smoke. Assume, assume that Georgia wins. Okay, So actually, Alabama could be a total possibility because they'll probably lose to Georgia in the SEC championship game. Right, but would they that should be knocked out. In the, would that still put them in the Sugar Bowl, though? Would I guess it would. I guess it would. Team? Yes. Yes, it would probably, you'd probably get Alabama playing against Baylor or, or Oklahoma State. Yeah. Or Oklahoma, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, kind of looking at it, I'm like, it would be fun to – and I'm trying to think of, like, what would be an actual scenario, right? Like, yes, right. I I mean, these are all big brands that I'm seeing, like Michigan, Michigan State, Oklahoma, Notre Dame, Oklahoma State, a and Wake Forest is a surprise, but they're there, and then Baylor. Um, they're not going to be playing Georgia – well, I mean, they could, they could end up playing Alabama, like you said. I don't know. I don't know. I, I'd have to look at the scenarios, but to answer your question, um, obviously in a, a biased world, I'd love to see them play a Big 12 opponent um, just because it's the future. Yeah. But I'd also like to see him play um, somebody that they haven't played in a while or somebody that they've never played, right? And I'm yeah. looking at this list. I'm like, well, they've pretty much played all of these teams. So, I'd like to see them play Oklahoma. Okay. Um, Cincinnati. It, here's my problem with the Cincinnati thing. It's the way that they would position it um, nationally, the battle of the G5s. And I'm like, y'all got to stop saying that stuff because these teams are literally like – it's not going to be like that. You know what I mean? Like these teams are literally going P five next year. And I don't know. I I just don't love the positioning of it. And I'm like, Cincinnati should be in the playoff anyway. Yeah. (laughs) That's, that's my biggest hang up is Cincinnati should be in the playoff. Like they shouldn't even be considered playing a team like BYU. They should be playing Georgia, Alabama, Ohio Oregon should not be, in the top four, if you look at their schedule and the results of their games, I'm like, in, in, in my world, I think Oregon, I can easily see Oregon losing to Utah twice. Would not surprise me. According, according to the computer, that is, is the scenario. The computer says Utah has a 64% chance of winning next week. And Utah has a higher percent chance of winning the Pac-12 championship. So if that's the case, is Utah then better than Oregon? So this is what what we can debate is, are they better than Oregon? Well, the computer says yes, but the record says no, right? Yeah. So if I'm a playoff committee, so this is what we got to figure out is they are going to be like, okay, we want the four best teams. So now Alabama, say they lose to Georgia, okay, in the SEC championship game they're still going to be considered one of the four best teams. So why does a loss matter then? Yeah. If you're still just going to be considered one of the best teams, the games, they have to mean something because 
I get like, hey, we want the four best teams. But, I mean, we say all the time in the NBA when teams are like, you know, I don't care if we have the one seed. We're good with like the three seed, you know? Yeah. And so it's that way with, with college football is almost where we're like, you know, eh, it's okay if we lose a game or even two because we'll be okay. We'll get to the playoffs. We'll be healthy. That doesn't seem right. The way I always see it is every game is a playoff game. Your your game, if you're Ohio State, your game next week against Michigan State, that's a playoff game. Yeah. That's not a regular season game. And determine if you go to a playoff or not, you know? Yeah. So I think they got to treat the regular season games with a little bit more meaning because there's just too much of this. I can lose a game. I can lose two games now, apparently. Uh, and be one of the four best teams, even though my record doesn't say it because Utah, if we're going off that, then Utah should I'm not saying they should replace Oregon. I'm not saying Utah is a top four team. But according to the computer, Utah is better than Oregon. And Oregon's number three. Yeah. So therefore, is Utah number two then? You know? Yeah. Yeah. So but but the, then you doesn't then make you, sense. But then you look at what you're just saying and like do wins and losses matter? Like it also goes to show how heavily a regular season win can weigh because if Oregon had lost to Ohio State, they wouldn't be anywhere near that no. position. They'd be number eight. Yeah. They wouldn't they wouldn't be sniffing a playoff, right? No, they'd be eliminated. Um, so right this is how the system is. Regular season games matter if they're played at the right, you know, against the right team in the right place. Okay. Um, Do the they right matter logo. though? Because Michigan State beat Michigan and they're ranked lower than Michigan. Yeah. Yeah. So when do they matter? And Cincinnati beats Notre Dame. That's a much better quality win than uh, Oregon has right now. Yep. But, you know, in Oklahoma, they don't have any quality wins. So what means more, do you think, to the playoff committee? A quality win or a bad loss? (laughs) Yeah. No, that's the issue. It's inconsistency, right? Yeah. And then and then going back to what you said, what does Cincinnati have to do to get into the playoff? Like this team, uh, what did they go last year? They went uh twelve and one. Did they yeah. lose? I thought they lost their bowl game. They did, they did lose. Yeah, and they lost to like Georgia or something. They didn't they play in a big game? Oh my gosh. I'm gonna look it up right now. Okay. But- yeah. Here's the thing is um oh I forgot my train of thought. Yeah, what else can Cincinnati do? Is so a two loss team has never made the playoff, right? Right. So Cincinnati's gonna go and they will take a two loss team over them. They will then change the rule. They will do whatever it takes to keep a G five team out. Which, in my opinion, I just think that is so wrong. And I think we've already seen issues with this in the past, dude. UCF in 2017, there's been other situations if you continue to go further back. You know what I mean? Like, it's happened several times. And it's not just a problem of a, hey, are we going to allow a G5 team with a uh, strength of schedule that's not as tough into the playoff? It's It's the inconsistency of the teams that are playing in power five conferences that do have the big brand name, like that are still getting snubbed. Right. Like when was it a couple of years ago, Alabama was sitting at number five and they like were on the brink of getting snipped from the playoff. And I'm like, let's be honest, dude. It's all about timing it as to when you're going to win or lose. And Alabama having a late season loss, putting them down to number five and like not having them in the playoff is absolutely ridiculous. Like they, we already knew that they're the best team in the country. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. you have a loss at the wrong time and all of a sudden it's like, nope, we're not even going to consider. There's just a lot of factors that go into it. And it leads to a lot of problems when you're playing under a four team format for a playoff. So I think, this is a very broken system, and a lot of things have to change. But 
I mean, we can get into a lot of details about this and that, but like, I think there's certain things that have to change. And I think the first one is you have to have a bigger playoff. Okay. Yeah. I think eight is too small. And I think 16 might be too big because, and what I mean by that is two points. One, you get the one versus 16 match. That's, that's ugly. That's just going to get ugly right now. Okay. Yeah. If you were to look at that right now, that would be um, NC State against Georgia. I'm not watching that. Yeah. So I think if you did 14 teams and you gave some of the teams a buy, because that incentivizes you. Uh huh. It makes the games matter a little bit, a little bit more. I learned this from uh, Joel Clapp mentioned it. He's saying because you know how like at the end of games or players are like, well, I'm going to be a top 10 pick, so I'm going to sit out my bowl game. Yeah. Now they won't do that because it's like, I want to play so that we can get the buy in week one of the playoff. Yeah. It can make the urgency a little bit more. It can make the games matter a little bit more. I think 14, I, I agree with that. I think that would be great. If you had a 14 and gave the first two seeds a buy, I think you'd have a pretty successful playoff. Yeah, and I think, like, to your point, too, I think that NIL is definitely something that can help with that as well. When you have these players that are like, oh, I want to sit out because I don't want to get injured because I'm going to get drafted, make millions, maybe, or maybe I am for sure. Like, a lot of those guys are getting paid to play now. Well, all of them are getting paid to play now. And so they have every reason to keep playing. And when they have a bye week, it's like, okay, I'm chilling. And so they're, you know, they get rest for being a high seated team or a high, yeah, a higher seated team. Um, They're making money while they're sitting there and then they're going to go, you know, ball out and then they're going to get drafted. So it's like a win-win for them. Mm -hmm. I I just looked at this. I think you'll think this this is, you're going to think this is pretty funny because this is what actually made you Twitter famous. So I looked at the top 14 teams and I took one and two out. I said, okay, you two have a buy, okay? Uh-huh. So I'd be like, okay, so that would mean three against fourteen. That w- that would be the first round, and it would, that would be Oregon against BYU. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you get your uh, Pac-12 championship game, right? Oh my gosh! Yeah. So who, who wins that? Series? Like, who would win that game? Dude, I mean, I feel like I can't answer this. I'm too biased. Go so I it. I also like the idea that, um, at least for a little bit teams should be able to host playoff games. We don't need BYU-Oregon to go play at uh, Cowboys Stadium. Maybe if it's like the semifinals, but like in these first few rounds, let a team host a playoff game. That would be so fun. Can you imagine? Yeah, Yeah, it'd be BYU at Oregon in that situation. And you know, and BYU fans would travel great to that. Yeah. You get more of it. Dude, you'd be you'd see more BYU fans at that game than you've ever seen them see, anywhere. <laughs> and I wish the conference championship games were at whoever had the better record and was hosting them. Yeah. I also think that's something you got to get rid of. The two best games in the conference. Yeah. No, dude, I, I'm not a fan of the neutral site thing at all. I never have been. It was like. fun to go to the Arizona game at Alliant, or uh, at Allegiant Stadium, but I mean, it's not the same, right? There's nothing more fun than being at a home game on, you know, a, a Saturday night. Places packed, both ranked teams. It's just rocking. Or you're on the road. You travel with the team. You're playing at an awesome stadium, an awesome program that's you know prestigious, whatever, and like. Yeah, it's packed, ranked teams like that. There's nothing better than that. Yeah, I think I'm okay with like a neutral field for like a, a, a kickoff game. I think that's great. Yeah. But uh, to do like a playoff or a championship game where it's like, okay, we worked all year, we went undefeated, we we're the number one team. And then the conference says, we're going to make it a little bit more even playing field and we're going to do a neutral site. Yeah. And not only that, but the team you're versing, they're actually going to be closer to where you guys are playing. So you guys are going to have to travel even further. So it's like, well, wait, why are you punishing us for our great season? 
Oregon. Oregon and be like, you know what? You can host Utah. You guys won, won the conference. You guys can host this championship game. Instead, they're like, Oregon, we're going to make you travel farther to Las Vegas. Utah, you guys are going to get a bus. You're going to be there in five hours. <laughs> Boom. Okay, let's play. Oh, it's a five-hour drive to Oregon? No, so, no to Vegas. Oh, okay. No, I was like, that's, what I'm, well, that's what I'm saying. Why are we punishing Oregon? Yeah. Oregon, you guys are going to have to fly. Okay, it's going to be a, a big, you know, not a huge travel day, but it's going to be a travel day. Utah, you guys are going to get on the bus. You'll be there in five hours. Boom, you guys are ready to go. You can go home that night after the game. Or Utah, you jump on a plane, you're there in a half hour. Sure, do that too. <laughs> but the, the point is, it's just like Utah's way closer, and it's just like Oregon's got to be like, wait, that's not fair. And who's going to more likely be at that game down in Las Vegas? Are you going to get a lot of Duck fans down there or more Ute, Ute fans? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's basically a home game for Utah for sure. So why are we doing that then? Why are we doing that to Oregon? Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I think the only games that should be played at neutral site are bowl games and the national championship. Yeah, I agree. And um, I guess, yeah, like you said, like maybe a kickoff game. I'm okay with that. But I think anything outside of that, that, you know, your conference championship games or like some random game during the season where it's like, oh, yeah, this is like where we play a rivalry game. I'm like, uh, Okay, like the whole uh, Red River rivalry game, how they play it at a neutral site, Oklahoma and Texas. I'm like, this is stupid, dude. So stupid. I think it's stupid. Like, honestly, dude. Imagine BYU-Utah playing at Allegiant Stadium. Yeah, that. I mean, that's the only place. What, were you going to play in Logan, you know? No. Yeah, sure. But, you know, like, that would be – That would be really stupid. Like, I, that's, that's some of the coolest things and craziest things that have happened in the rivalry are because you're playing on the road at the opposing stadium. You know, it's like you're storming the field or you're punching cheerleaders or you're pulling field goal posts down. (laughs) I'm just kidding. But you, (laughs) you know what I mean? You just, yeah, it's more hostile and it rewards the better team and, when it comes to rivalries, it just adds to the fire and the story of the rivalry. So, so let's go back to the Mountain West days, okay? Do you remember? Game with played, I'm talking basketball, sorry. Okay. Do you remember where they would play the Mountain West Championship in basketball? Uh, down in UNLV. Yeah, and you who always won it, like, every year? UNLV. <laughs> UNLV. <laughs> I remember that the Utah or BYU would be a one seed UNLV would be like an eight seed and UNLV wins like well yeah because they like walk down the street and they're there like walk out yeah. the front door I always thought that as a kid I was like wait that's not fair yeah I, I get mean, it, it Las Vegas is a great place like, to host it but yeah I mean it's the same thing with like Utah San Diego State BYU all three of those teams it's like even if they had a better team than UNLV that year, UNLV would still win the championship somehow. It's mm-hmm. like, dude, yeah, because they're literally like jumping in a bus and driving five minutes down the road, and they're like, okay, we're here. Yeah. Okay. I think it should be to the better team. So let's stay in that Mountain West, okay? Like, say Utah is the one seed. You're telling me Salt Lake can't host – the Mountain West Championship game, like we don't have enough hotels. No, nope, sorry, come they, there. They, they could host the 2002 Olympics, but they can't host the Mountain West Conference Championship. Sorry, exactly. Man. People can come up, go skiing, then go to the game. People would love that, <laughs> dude. And can you imagine UNLV comes to Provo for a Mountain West Conference Championship? They're losing a lot of those games at the Marriott Center. I'm sorry. Yes, <laughs> yes. You BYU has more banners up there. <laughs> I mean, sure, they're Mountain West ones. Maybe they don't mean anything to you anymore. You know, Jonathan Travenari, Trent Placid, they would love those. <laughs> those guys are living for it, dude. JC J. Carroll, is that a guy? No, I don't know. Maybe, he, I don't know. He might be Utah State. I don't know. I'm trying to... <laughs> Jimmer, bro. Nah. <laughs> Lee Kamard. Lee Kamard. <laughs> Tyler Hawes, dude. Come on yeah. now. Anyway, good times. Uh, Yeah, no, I agree. Let's move on. Yes, let's move on. Uh, so we, we talked about trying to fix the playoff committee. We talked about things that must happen. We talked about 
getting rid of these neutral fields um, for playoff games, championship games. What do you think it would take? Like, you know how there's like that breaking point where it's like something has to happen for someone's attention for you to get someone's attention. You know, it's like uh, we've been trying to tell you and then this big event has to happen before they open their eyes. Yeah. What do you think that is for college football? Um, Cincinnati getting into the playoff this year. What if they get in? And... Then I guess you could say that they were right, but that's not true because there's been other scenarios where you never know. Maybe UCF would have come in and clapped one of those teams and they're national champions for real. Yeah. You don't know. You can't say that it wouldn't have happened. You just who, can't. Who are you to say, you know, what a team is limited to? Yeah. I'm not going to put UTSA in there. No. Dude, I guarantee you that Cincinnati can go in there and compete with any of those teams um, in the top four. The only team that I really mm. worry about, and even then, dude, I don't even care. This is college football. Anybody can win on any night, right? Um, that Georgia team is unreal. No one's touching them. Yeah, that's the only team, Like, uh, which is crazy to say because Alabama is Alabama, but they're not Alabama like they were last year, this year. Watch, they're going to win the national championship now. I can't see <laughs> it. Um, but Cincinnati can hang, bro. Oregon shouldn't even be there. Ohio State lost to Oregon. So Cincinnati, bro, give them a shot. Watch them go in. I hope they break the system. And, you know, the good thing for them is they're going to be in the Big 12, so they're going to get more respect, you would hope, going modern, forward. Modern-day right. BCS buster. Yeah. I love it. I'm pulling for Cincinnati, dude. I'm pulling for Cincinnati so hard this year. I'm stoked for it. I love what they've done with their program, and I've got nothing against them, dude. I hope that they go win the Natty. I'm serious. I want to see I th- it. I think BYU and Utah fans can really relate to yes. Cincinnati because we've been there. We've been yeah. in those shoes where we've yeah. been like, what do you want us to do? Yeah. Yeah. So we'll go play Alabama. Okay, we'll go play Alabama. We stomp Alabama. Yeah. What's our reward? Number two in the country it's like oh great no Thank that's you. what i'm saying dude that it goes back to way back boise state uh utah yes. tcu tcu uh yeah dude it's it's been an issue it's been an issue right i it they gotta fix it and i hope cincinnati messes it all up this year i can't wait i'll tell you who hurt our cause was ucf yeah, UCF a bunch of morons. Because they, yeah, <laughs> got momentum, and then UCF just got on everyone's nerves that they're like, yeah, let's let's keep these G five teams out. Yeah, yeah. So, so, real quick, BYU they obviously have a bye. We know that you guys have Georgia Southern coming up. Mm. Great game. Would have loved to go to it. Honestly, would love to go down there and go to Augusta and everything. <laughs> um. <laughs> You expect BYU to win out this year, right? Absolutely. Not a question. I imagine they beat Georgia Southern, and I imagine they do it with ease. USC. Let's say Jack. He will, honestly. End of the year, let's give him some reps. Do you think BYU can go into the Coliseum and get that win? Yeah, they just lost their best player. He's fractured his ankle. What's his name? Jake London. Yeah. I just Drake Drake London, dude. Jackson Dart is a baller. I, I mean BYU is number two on his list. I wanted him to come to Provo super bad. I know this kid can ball, and I think he's better than Slovis. Sorry, Slovis. I oh. I, I know he's better yes. than Slovis. Uh, do I think he can come out and and ball out for sure? But I'm telling you, dude, BYU doesn't have any pressure. You know what I mean? They lost the game they shouldn't have lost. Uh, they're not like it's not like there's not pressure. There's just not pressure. So, with that being said, like if they were undefeated and they were rolling in there, I'd be like, oh, you know. But 
I think they can go in there and handle USC for sure. USC is not that good this year. They've lost a lot of like head scratchers. And this is honestly one of the worst teams I've seen them have in years. And they don't even have a head coach. USC is a mess. And I think. Hey, hey, speaking of which, you know who's coaching at Georgia Southern now? Clay Helton? Yeah. That's right. Effective immediately? Uh, I don't think he's coaching this year against BYU, but isn't that funny? Yeah, that's funny. So, anyway. But, yeah, I think uh, the Cougs went out, and I think they, you know, depending on what happens with some crazy scenarios, there could be something there. But chances are they go to Independence Bowl, and that's it. And, you know, Big 12 play, here we come. So, I'm excited about that. I do got to say this, um, because I I answered a poll question. It was, who is your Heisman? And I voted for Kenneth Walker, the running back from Michigan State. Uh If Bryce Young wins at Alabama, I'm just – I hate the – whoever is on the most popular team wins it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Same with C.J. Stroud at Ohio State. I don't want him to win it. Um, I would like to see Pickett from Pittsburgh win it. Yeah. Matt Carroll or Matt Corral from Ole Miss. He was my preseason pick. Um, Kenneth Walker. But I would love to hear just just mentioned. He doesn't have to be a finest. I would like to hear the name Tyler Algier, Algier mentioned. Yeah. Dude, how about the disrespect? Seriously, you can't sit here if you're any sort of like if you have any sort of affiliation with college football. You can't sit here and be like, well, Tyler Algier didn't play anybody. I'm like, who the crap do you want this man to play? You know what I mean? Like, they've had a really tough schedule this year, and he's ran all over teams. Like, this dude is legit. Like, yeah. And he's he's ran for more touchdowns, more yards. Like, uh, actually, I think he's just shy of uh, – Michigan State of Kenneth Walker, but he's got more touchdowns on the season than Kenneth Walker. How many does he have? I think he has 17. Oh, wow. And I know Trevion Thomas at Utah has got 14, I believe. I just randomly saw that the other day. So did you know that 15 is the school record for a season at Utah? Nope. And Tavion Thomas is going to beat that record. By a lot. He played like three of the games. Yeah. Because he didn't know how to hold on to a football. <laughs> that When I saw that, I was like, wait, that's the record with with all the running backs? Uh, you know who holds the record? It's uh, Zach Moss and John White the fourth. They're tied. That's crazy. I was shocked. I was like, that's really the record? Dude, that is crazy because I know that, well, Obviously, it's lower than BYU, which is a school that's known for passing the ball. Yeah. BYU's never been known for, oh, yeah, for sure, man, running back you. Like, this Luke would be Staley, like Luke Staley was legit, right? Luke Staley Harvey Unga was legit. Harvey Unga, Jamal Williams. Like, we've had some good backs in recent years, um, but it's not like it's like, oh, yeah, BYU, dude, running back factory. That would be like Utah's quarterback touchdowns in the season is higher than BYU's. Yeah. And I'm sitting here, I'm like, well, when I think of Utah and Kyle Whittingham branded football, I'm like, okay, really good defense and running backs. That's what I think of with Utah. Mm -hmm. I'm like, quarterback, eh. Running back, oh, dude, for sure, you know? And so that blows my mind. Um. Yeah, I was totally taken back by that. Uh, I got to give a quick shout-out real quick. Devin Lloyd. Yeah. Do you, When you watch those games, he's flawless. Yeah. He... So many hit sacks. His, oh, shoot. It's three or four, four interceptions. Four interceptions on the year, including a pick six. 86 tackles. The dude is unreal. Mm-hmm. And I he better win the Pac-12 championship. 
Bad win tackle Anderson. Um, he better win the defensive player of the year. I I know there's Kayvon Thibodeau, but he missed five games. Yeah. Devin Lloyd better win it. Yeah, dude. Devin Lloyd. Uh, what's his bucket? Um, oh my gosh. Are you talking in Utah linebackers, Nephi Sewell? No. Oh my gosh. We literally the video, dude, that I tagged you on on Twitter. Oh, Makai Bernard. Yeah, Makai Bernard. Like you guys got some ballers back there. So I'm saying, dude, defense. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know the defense. And you, did you see the recruit Utah just got? Yeah, which I want to talk about that actually for a second here. I want to I want to bring up two things real quick because you know pretty active on Twitter. I think you've noticed. Um, okay. I had this Utah fan who decided that he wanted to go toe to toe, which bad idea, bro. But he was like, uh, I, you know, that I'm trolling, dude. Like I never take any of that stuff serious. I just think that there's a lot of like really uptight people on there. (laughs) I know really funny, you know? So I just go for it, but I'm sitting here messing around and I'm like, uh, you know, I, I post the gif of, of Tyler Algier punching the ball out of yep. the AFU player. And I was like, oh, BYU stealing Colin Chandler from Utah, like, you know, kind of messing around. And this guy comments and he's like, I can't hear you over the Burton uh, or sorry, Barton uh, signing. And I'm like, wait, what? And I'm like sitting there going back and forth with him. And he's trying to compare the two, like Colin Chandler and Barton. I'm like, um, you know that, like, Barton's a Utah legacy player. You know what I mean? Like, both of his older brothers, like, all, like he's a Sister Utah. plays volleyball at Utah. Yeah, like, this is a Utah. That's like, that's like being like, oh, yeah, like. Uh, a Nakua. <laughs> or, yeah, yeah Kafusi. Yeah, the Kafusis or the Nakua's like, you know what I mean? Like, okay, that's, yeah, that was expected that you'd sign with Utah. And then he made it seem like that it wasn't. Like I was, I was trying to say it wasn't impressive. I'm like, no. Why would I think that that wasn't impressive? It's a four star signing. That's a big deal, right? Like, don't put words in my mouth. And so I thought it was funny because I was like, you're trying to compare Colin Chandler's situation to this guy's. I'm like, um, Colin Chandler is a diehard Utah fan. He comes from a Utah family. He's from Farmington, Utah. Like, he has no business coming to BYU. It's different. You know what I mean? I totally know what you mean. And and he's the 28th ranked prospect in the nation. Yeah. Big, big, massive, massive pickup for BYU. Now, when I saw that, though, can I tell you the first thing that came to my mind? What? When was the last time BYU got a big recruit? Oh, Eric Nick Mika. Emery. Nick Emery, Eric Mika, TJ Haas. Yeah. Different coach. Yeah. Hey, uh, you guys I, are going to the Big 12. Okay, yeah. if BYU was still in the um, West Coast Conference, would Colin Chandler have gone? No. Because by the time he's back from his mission, you guys are totally full swing Big 12. How much of an impact do you I mean, I, factor? Yeah, I mean, I watched an interview with him and read some articles, and one of the first things he says is the Big 12 play was huge for him, and also Coach Pope. I mean, we both know. Dude, Mark Pope is one of the best college basketball coaches in the country. Like, I agree. Who wouldn't want I to thought play? He was gonna... Yeah, he's got like that Kalani Satake demeanor where it's like this guy, you got to lo- even if you don't like BYU, like you got to love this guy. He's just a class act. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm like, okay. And he's developing players. Like these guys are going places. Uh, dude, yeah. The, 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 the way that the program is heading, it makes sense, right? And not to knock on Utah, but there's some rebuilding to do. You know what I mean? It's going to take some time with uh, Craig Smith up there coming in from USU. It's going to take some time. And uh, I I totally understand why he decided to go the direction he, he did. You know, I think anybody would probably make that decision. Um, It, it, that's where it gets bigger than fandom, right? It's like, what's going to be best for me long-term. 
Yeah, I agree. And I think this is just a hair off. I think that's why you see some people go to Stanford. Yeah. You know, because it's like, well, why did they pick Stanford over Utah? It's like, well, they're not going to go. Chances are they're not going to the NFL. And so when they graduate and they apply for a job, their resume. Yeah. And that sounds like a knock to Brigham Young University and University of Utah. But in a, it is like Stanford University job resume is way more impressive. And that's thinking big picture long term. Yeah. I don't blame him. I and think... so I, I thought Colin Chandler was. Um, I think it's a great pickup. I think he's I think he's going to do great there. I really do. I think he's going to. When when he does play, I think he's going to step right in. It's going to be his team right off the bat. And I think you guys are going to love him. Yeah, because I have I, I have watched him a little bit. Yeah, very athletic, very smooth, has a great game, good IQ, just really has plays with urgency just really really impressive player yeah he's one of those guys where i'm like dude for his height he's very athletic and has a lot of control of his body the dude can finish and he can shoot and he's got that and you have to have this if you want to be a top ranked college basketball player or in any sport he's got that confidence right like yeah. certain players, you're like, dude, he's cocky. It's like, it's not, there's, it's borderline. It's like, you got to find a good balance between cocky and confident. And if you can find that, you can't really coach that. No, and, that, and I think that's what the urgency is. But the middle between uh, confidence and cocky is urgent, yeah. where it's, I'm good, I can get the job done, but I'm not good enough to sit back. And take a back seat. I gotta, I, I gotta make a play. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so yeah. I think urge, urgency. You know. And so yeah. that, and you're right. That's nothing you, you can't teach that. That's something that, I think goes back to competitiveness, IQ. And so, I think he's gonna be an easy, easy person to coach. Yeah. 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 Big week, dude. Big week for, for BYU athletics. Been really excited about it. It's been a long time coming with, you know, uh, just going back with, with the past few years and, uh, you know, basketball hasn't really struggled. They've, they've done really well. It's hard when you're playing in the same conference as Gonzaga, you get overshadowed when they're the number one team in the country every year. Yep. But, uh, you know, BYU is constantly right there and they're they're making tournaments and they're just going to get better. They're going to get really, really good. I'm really excited about it. But also with football, it's like they're starting to flip recruits. They're, you know, they landed Kingsley um, from, you know, Oregon, five-star commit, like big, big pickup for BYU. It's like, it's about time. You know, lots lots of work, lot of lots of blood, sweat, and tears went into all of this. So it's good to see them finally changing things. So Big Twelve definitely helps too. I agree. Big Twelve winning. Yeah, just Momentum. at the end of the day, just win. Like if you win, it'll solve all your problems. Yep. I know, and that's I don't always get caught up in the crash talk because it's like just go out there and win yep win and if they want to yeah you know just they just look dumb see utah fans sometimes getting on there and they're still talking to byu and it's like what well, guys we lost you lost that right mm-hmm. keep your mouth shut yeah work in I the mean, shadows i mean i know that we uh we kind of texted about this a little bit too the other day it's like you asked, like, what would happen if they played again with Cam Rising stepping in at quarterback and some of the adjustments and some of the ways, like, the way that Utah's been playing, the urgency they've been playing with the last few weeks. And it's like, yeah, no, for sure. I mean, there have been years in the past where I felt the same way about BYU, where I truly felt like BYU had a better team some years. And I'm like, well, crap, like, we lost. And I would love to have that game back, and well, but we can't. You know, and that's just how it is, and we'll get them next year. You know what I mean? And that's the problem with the college football. It's 
and we lost, but we have a better team, so we're ahead of you guys still. Yeah. And that's the problem with the college football playoff. Because right now, you know who they'd put on if it was between Utah and BYU? Utah. Ah, but we lost to BYU. doesn't matter. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, that makes no sense at all. It doesn't. You know, it honestly comes down to the root of all evil, which is money. Like, yeah, you got your conferences. You got your bowl tie-ins. You got your your rankings and your different uh, polls and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, your politics. NIL now to add on top of all that coaching at the end of the day it's all money driven and that's what's unfortunate about the game because there's been some really good college football teams that never got a true shot and college football players that have played at smaller schools that never got the attention that they deserved and some of those guys you know never really got that until they got into the league and all of a sudden it's like holy crap like who's this guy where did he come from Dude, he's been doing this. Look at his college stats. Yeah, like, it's like this guy led the nation in touchdowns last year. It's like, well, why did no one talk about him then? Because you guys were all too busy talking about Bryce Young making a million dollars a year off of NIL. Yeah. Okay. You, you know, it's like this guy ran for nearly 2,000 yards last year in college, and everyone's going to be like, what? You did? Yeah. Dude, look at Alabama quarterbacks in the NFL. I tried to tonight, Tua, and I I didn't see anything. Jalen Hurts, eh, he's all right. I think he could be good at the, at the moment. moment, right? Yeah. I actually like Jalen Hurts, I, and, I, and I'm rooting for him over Tua because of that whole situation. He got screwed at Alabama. But Jalen Hurts, Tua, Tua, dude, all love to him, but I don't think it's going to happen. The dude is injury prone and has been ever since his last year at Alabama. And I think he's overrated. There's no wow. Yeah. And uh, Mac Jones, bro, probably Mm. has the best potential because of his system that he's playing in. He's like, I like Mac Jones. Okay. I don't want to say Tom Brady 2.0 because that is blasphemy, but he's like that really lurpy white guy that Bill Belichick wants to coach up and like, he stepped right in there. He's the only guy in recent years from Alabama where I'm like, I could see him succeeding. All the other guys, I'm like, eh, meh. Why yeah, are we having that Alabama it. quarterback so much in college? Stop it. You know, Mac Jones might just mess around and get to the NFC championship game. <laughs> yeah. AFC. AFC. Yeah, AFC. I realized it right when I said it. I was like, that's all right. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with you. Well, man, next week we got to go over a few things. We got to go over BYU's bye and how we feel like they did. (laughs) Um, Hopefully we have good news about Utah. Hopefully Utah beats Arizona, right? And (laughs) we can talk um, pregame before the Oregon game. Yeah. And And, uh, hopefully college game is at that game as well. We're competing with Michigan State, Ohio State. We'll see. Yeah, they love going to Ohio State every other week. (sighs) I know. But, yeah, man, I'm excited uh, for the last few weeks of college football. I'm excited about college basketball getting started up. We'll have to talk about the Jazz a little bit. Obviously, we kind of mentioned that we wanted to do that, so that'll be good. But tonight. Yeah. But for anyone listening to this, I've said this before. I'll say it again. We're trying to get better. We, We appreciate people that listen to us. We have big goals with this. You know, we want to build up our following um, mostly so that we can just interact with other fans that are passionate about this like we are. Um, so, you know, interact with us on Twitter. We're going to try and continue to be active on there and um, just give us some time. We're trying to get better at this and, you know, you'll see things uh, that we're going to change. You know, um, hopefully we can, you know, get a website up here and, and give you guys more content at the end of the day. So, someone follow me. Dustin's my only follower. <laughs> Some dang it, guys, follow Tyler on 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 Twitter. Drop your Twitter handle, Ty. It's T Gowdy One. How do you spell it? T is in Tango. G is in Golf. O is in Oscar. U is in Unicorn. D as in Dog. And Y is in Yo Yo. One, the number one. 
follow this man. I'm Dustin, D-U-S-T-I-N underscore Ivers, I-V-E-R-S. Um, give us a follow, man. Let's let's chat. Let's get things rolling. So appreciate you guys and your support. Thank you, guys. Have a good night. Thanks for listening. Subscribe and follow us at Unsport Like Pod on Twitter. Go Cougs, go Utes.